Hi folks, a very quick announcement before we get started on the episode this week. And that is a huge thank you to Katie Unicorn Stewart. I don't know if your middle name really is Unicorn. If it is, that is an awesome name. So the fabulous Katie Unicorn Stewart gave us a recent review on Apple Podcasts about the recent Governance Summit summary. So five stars for Take On Board, she says. Loved the recent Governance Summit summary podcasts. Super useful. Katie, happy to help. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time to do a review. So a little prompt for others that might be listening. I love it when I get reviews and you might get read out on the pod as well. So get in there and work out how to do ratings and reviews and let me know what you think of the pod. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast. Being on a board can be an incredibly valuable, interesting and exciting experience. Yet it can also be lonely, challenging and, let's face it, pretty hard. So here at Take On Board, I'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you navigate your way onto a board, onto your next board and to build your governance wisdom. Now, on with the show. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Belinda Loke about board management software systems. Before we start the podcast today, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record. For me, I am on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to elders past and present, and any First Nations people that might be listening today. I acknowledge continuing connection to land, waters, skies, and culture. I continue to support the Uluru Statement from the Heart, Voice, Treaty and Truth, and I encourage others in the Take On Board community to do the same. I stand in solidarity with First Nations people for reconciliation. Now, let me tell you about Belinda. Belinda is a non-executive director of the Queen Elizabeth Centre, which is a Victorian public hospital and Victoria's largest provider of early parenting services to disadvantaged families, with seven sites across Victoria. Belinda is also a non-executive director of Kids Hope Australia and, key to our discussion today, she was also board secretary there, and she's also a member of the Consumer Advisory Committee at the Royal Children's Hospital. Prior to that, Belinda was the founder and chair of the Asia-Pacific Loan Market Association Young Leaders Australian Committee. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast, Belinda. Thank you, Hallie, for having me. Actually, I should say welcome again to the Take On Board podcast because, again, we, of course, had a conversation, oh, my gosh, six months ago, maybe a wee bit more than that, about the McKinsey Leadership Program that you'd done. So if people are interested in that, go back and I'll find the episode number and we'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can hear Belinda's wisdom twice. Thanks, Halia. It's great to be back on your podcast again. So we would have done a bit of an introduction at the last time we spoke because as always, you know that I like to dig around a little bit about the guest I have in front of me. So for this one, tell me what's something from the last month or so that you're proud of? Thanks, Halia. It's been an incredibly rewarding month for me. One of the highlights has been receiving the Governance Top 100 Award and the Asian Australian Leadership Award for my contributions to governance and leadership. That's amazing. So tell us more. Sure. So the Governance Top 100 Award recognises leaders driving robust governance initiatives and frameworks. So since joining the board of Kids Hope, I've directed the development of stronger governance policies and processes within the organisation, identified legal and risk management issues, securing over $30,000 in 
pro bono legal advice from a top tier law firm. The Asian Australian Leadership Award is for outstanding leadership and contributions to Australia. So it acknowledges the cultural diversity and global I bring to my roles. As someone who's worked across various countries, including Japan, Malaysia, Vietnam, and Papua New Guinea, this award highlights the value of fostering meaningful connections and collaborations across borders. So it's a reminder that diversity in leadership is not just about representation, but also about leveraging unique perspectives for positive change. Oh, amazing. Well, congratulations from me and the Take On Board community. That is just fantastic to have your achievements recognised in that way. That is, yeah, fabulous. Well done, you. Thank you very much. (laughs) So our conversation today is about board management software solutions. This came up as a question from the community, and I'll put a call out for people to give us some of their insights about it. And you very kindly put up your hand as somebody who's got quite a bit of experience in this area. Let's start right at the start. What are board management systems and what are some of the features of using board management systems? So I think one standout feature is the ability to assemble and distribute a board pack efficiently. So for example, if you have a critical document like a finance report and that's held up, these portals allow you to publish the entire pack with the approved documents instantly and then seamlessly integrate last minute updates. So we've all been there. You've got your last document ready to go. So that's in contrast to the traditional email model where you're waiting for all documents before you can send the whole board pack. And that potentially causes delays in decision-making because you're just waiting on one document. So this allows the board pack to be distributed earlier. And there's some board portals that allow, for example, the accountants to publish that finance report rather than waiting for, you know, those chains of emails to be sent to then publish so they can just publish it once they're ready to go to the board. And it means it's all in one spot rather than, oh God, what was the last email I received? And was it this or was it that? Nice. Yeah. And I think to add to that, that's a really good segue into the document library. So one other key feature is the centralization of documentation. So you have shared folders and a well-organized document library to house governance materials, policies and procedures and other relevant documents. So you can have different access of your folders. So if we're talking about CEO REM, that would just be limited to users of the board. If you have legal issues, you can also limit the access to retain that legal professional privilege. So it's quite useful. Yes. And again, not having to track down all those emails. Okay. So the flexibility and ease, I guess, around putting the board pack together definitely the document library, having all of your key documents in one place. What else is there? What are the other great features about having a board portal? Beyond the basic functionality, there's other tools so that will allow secure collaboration and engagement amongst board and committee members. So they include features like scheduling meetings, approving circular resolutions, which I find quite handy as a follow-up action item to circulate to the board or have that circulated. Surveys, votes and polls, task assignments for action items to follow up, certified digital signatures for the more savvy board portals and uh, discussion forums, which are, well, I believe encrypted or secured. All of the boards that I'm on at the moment use Diligent. And I know in a moment you're going to take us through some of the options not all of the options because there is a host of board portals out there, but some of the different features, I guess, in some of the different board portals. 
I haven't used, I think, some of those additional features that might be available. So that's interesting. I've definitely used a board portal for the board pack, but not some of these other features that you're talking about, which is interesting. And I think the key one to highlight and the most advantageous tool is actually in relation to revisions and annotations. So an interesting capability is the handling of late updates and revisions. So annotations can be made by board members and then that will carry on to the latest versions of documents. So we've all been there. Yes, you get your board pack, you started reviewing it. There's late additions, late amendments to the board pack. And what I like is the features where you can tick on each page, which ones you've read. And then if there is a new document that has been revised, it'll be highlighted as new, but your annotations from your previous board pack will carry over to this new document and also highlight which pages to review because they've been amended at the last minute. So I think this maintains efficiency. You don't have to reread the whole board pack or and you also don't get all these emails to say, oh, there's a new document, there's a new document. So I think these portals are designed for efficiency and you can also have agendas that can be in the form of a template. So again, that's efficient because they can be customised each time using it, the template that you use. And the automated email reminder is another time-saving features for the board. Right. That's interesting. I didn't know that either. I've certainly seen papers being updated I did not know that my notes could or should or sometimes go across to the new updated documents. Although sometimes, I think most often I've found in when using a board portal, it's additional papers are uploaded, although they are sometimes just updated. That's interesting. Okay. Ooh, I'm going to have to test that out. I'm going to have to get one of our board secretaries to update a paper after I've made the notes just so I can see what this looks like in reality. Fantastic. And I should put a caveat though, being a lawyer, that not all board portals offer that same functionality. So the ones on the higher end that will have that functionality, those on um, a more budget scale, obviously that that always save your work. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, look, maybe, let me know, there might be some other features you want to take us through, but given we're talking about different portals, maybe now is a good time to have a talk about some of that comparison work that you've done. You've looked at a couple of different board portals and done a bit of comparison work for us. We love it when somebody does the work for us. Thank you so much, Belinda. So maybe you want to take us through which ones you have done the comparison of and how they shape up. Sure. So in my role as board secretary at Kids Hope, I did look at a few board portals as we moved our system from the traditional email model to a more efficient board software management. So the three that I wanted to discuss today is diligent board effect and boardable, and there's notable differences and unique features amongst the different platforms. So firstly, with Diligent, it's often recognised as the gold standard. They're known as number one, as the number one, world's number one board management solution. It has a high market share with 85% of ASX 200 and 85% of the FTSE 100 companies using it. And it really is quite dominant in that sector. So It's like the Porsche or Audi of the board management software world, delivering a top-tier comprehensive solution. Secondly, there's Board Effect. So Board Effect is owned by Diligent. So it caters for a broader audience, including SMEs, public sector organizations, and nonprofits. So to draw an analogy, if Diligent is like Porsche or Audi, then Board Effect is akin to Skoda using the same reliable engine and parts but without the high-end 
bells and whistles. So it's a more accessible option for a wider range of organizations. So despite their differences, diligent board and board effects share commonalities. And much like how various car models under the same parent company might share certain components. So both platforms have data hosted in diligent, secure Canberra data centers. They support private and shared annotations on board packs, and they provide digital signature capabilities and offer similar administrative workflows for agenda building, version control, and minutes. And one other key feature is that they also ensure 24-7, 365-day phone and email support for all users. So contrast that now to my third product, which is uh, Boardable, and that's a US-based company with document centers stored in the US. So that introduces unique considerations. So while it might be a suitable choice for non-for-profits, its limitations include potential support challenges. So due to the time zone differences, they also don't have as an extensive hours for providing service and users may find themselves emailing support at odd hours, which I did at night (laughs) or early hours of the morning. And if there's any technical issues during Australian meeting times, then you might face delay in resolution given the location. So in essence, the choice amongst these platforms really depends on the specific needs and priorities of the board, whether it's comprehensive and high-end features of diligent or the more accessible and broad functionality of board effect, or in the case of boardable due to budget constraints and requirements. So each has its own strengths and the board will need to consider their unique cabinet's requirements. Side note, I was smiling, Riley, as you were talking about 24-7 support and the differences there because I've spoken to the diligent support people a lot, mostly when I'm locked out of my app and I want to get my board papers and be able to read them. And having that 24-7 support is vital because if you can't access your board papers, I remember once I was about to get on a plane for a number of hours, I'm like, great download my papers. This is the perfect time to read my papers. And there was an issue with it. And I'm literally in the boarding lounge trying to get it sorted out. And they did. They got it sorted so I could download. Now, if that hadn't have happened, it was a longish flight. So that was when I was going to do all my board paper reading. If I hadn't have been able to do that, there goes all of your reading time. So it's a pretty important thing to be able to do. Roughly speaking then, sometimes for some organizations, it will be a financial decision. Just broadly speaking, what is the differences in prices between some of those? I know there'll be different bells and whistles for others, but broadly speaking. Yeah, I think it is best to contact each company directly because they don't advertise it per se on their website. So it's a contact them other than perhaps Bordable because it's more of a subscription-based model. So I think it's best to contact each company directly to tailor for your organization because it also depends on the number of board directors, the number of that you have and the organizational needs. So I didn't want to put anyone out there and name a price, but then their organizations might not even want to use the minutes function and things like that. But just to give you a bit of an overview, Diligent being a top tier product tends to be more expensive due to its comprehensive features and and they do a lot of ongoing research and development. And and so that comes at that Porsche price ticket. Board Effect, it caters to a diverse market. So that's more for the not-for-profit sector. And they have clients such as RSPCA and the Australian Medical Association. So that platform aligns well with the needs of the non-for-profit sector. And that makes it a popular choice amongst organisations with budget considerations. 
And then Bordable is the most budget-friendly option. So maybe I should call them the renter car where you can use it on a subscription pay per month where it's a low-cost solution. And, and that starts at about $28 per month per board user. But having said that, that pricing model, again, that would lack certain features when you go to that $28 model, which I'll, I'll discuss um, later on with the different pros and cons. So then for you, when you were at Kids Hope, you said a moment ago, you need to think about the needs and the priorities of your organisation. What were the things that you were keeping front of mind or most front of mind as you were fishing around and deciding which pond to fish in and which fish to catch in this process? Yeah, I think it was really digitising our process and having an efficient streamline for our process and also the centralisation of documents. So that document library that was exclusive to just access to the board was one that was a key feature that is in most or if not all of the board portals. And so that came with having a board management software for board packs. So that was a good foundation. So we looked at the document library. I think given that we're in a non-for-profit space, you always do look at your budget and because you're spending donor money, you need to balance that against, of course, it'd be great to have diligent, but we need to be responsible as well with what our financials are. And I think that we don't have the function of annotating our board pack, but the fact that we can have everything included in our meetings in a board pack that's you're not fishing around for emails and then it's all there and stored historically as well, that was the key advantage for us. And we can print off our board pack and annotate it <laughs> ourselves compared to the other boards that I'm on where the board pack might be hundreds of pages, that's a different consideration as well. So I think for kids, we looked at functionality, streamlining processes and what would make it efficient for us whilst also balancing management of donor funds and our budget. Yeah, nice. And moving to a system like this also might be, you know, walk before you run, get a more basic version in place, get used to that and then upgrade it because sometimes sometimes organisations put systems in place that have all the bells and whistles and then don't use them. So. Yeah, and I think that's correct because I think now that we have, you know, that we're growing and also systems are more sophisticated and I think we've uh, run out of our limit for our document library as we've developed more and more policies and procedures that actually we're, we will be looking at other products because we may have outgrown portable, but that's something that we will look into. And also there's now a plethora of um different companies that have entered the market since I last looked at this. And I, I did look at this again in preparation for this podcast, but there's thing, there's other companies like Board Pro, Convene, Board Track. And so I think, like you say, as your board evolves and the board portal can also evolve as well. And now you've got the benefit of other technologies and other companies entering into the market with a lower price point. Actually, it's a good reminder on all things really then too, isn't it? That make the decision on what's best at the time, but keep an eye on it. Come back to it. New players will come into the market. New prices will come into the market. New features will come into the market. So don't do it as a set and forget forevermore. Okay. Well, then you touched on your thinking around the pros and the cons. Is now a good time to for us to move to that? Yeah, sure. And I might just add, though, the one thing about the evolution of the board portal is your board secretary might not be too happy having to trans, um, you know, move everything across. So I guess maybe, yeah, like legal structuring, it's always best if you have the budget to have the best one and structure in place. 
but you just work with what you've got and within the confines of what your current environment is. It's like they talk about getting a new mortgage and you'll get the best deal. And it's like, well, that's all great. But what about the cost of time of changing over your mortgage to the new bank? So take into account all of the costs, including the board secretary's time in moving to a new system. Yeah. Good shout out. So the pros and cons, do we want to move to that part now? Sure. So in terms of the pros and cons of using diligent board effect and boardable, and then particularly focusing on privacy and data storage considerations, I'll delve into that now. So starting with diligent, the pros, as I've mentioned, is that they boast that they have the best in class hosting facilities with the highest level of protection because diligent owns and operates secure servers and equipment. So they can ensure data integrity and that 24-7 support that we talked about where they have the -the around-the-clock support. The cons is that it may come out at a higher cost and that potentially makes it less accessible for the non-ASX listed companies. I sometimes share the story where I feel that Diligent, you don't choose Diligent at times unless you're on an ASX listed company, Diligent chooses you. So if you're a director that has the luxury of using Diligent because your board is already using Diligent, unless you're that 15% of the untapped ASX listed company that is looking for a board solution, Diligent often chooses you. And then moving on to board effect. So they also have the best in class security because they're using the infrastructure of Diligent. They also have another feature that they have is dynamic reporting. So they use dynamic reporting capabilities to enhance analytics. There's cons relating to additional costs. So for example, if you want to use the minutes function, that's an add-on. So that incurs an additional cost. Lastly, Boardable, which I've mentioned as more of a subscription model, they have no implementation fee. So that's actually a very good pro. It offers a very big cost advantage because some of the implementation fees can be anywhere between 1500 to 4000 to implement. And especially for a non-for-profit, not having to pay that is very advantageous. Then because the basic package is quite low, then it doesn't come with the features of board annotations. So it does have that functionality, you just pay more for that. And the key con for Boardable is that the data is held offshore. So that potentially raises concerns about data jurisdiction and privacy law concerns. So that's something as a board that you need to consider the sensitivity and confidentiality of your data, what you store, what you collect, and whether your risk appetite for that. Well, touching on that, it's a beautiful segue to privacy law and data sovereignty. What other prompts, I guess, can you give people in thinking about board portals in relation to these two areas? Sure. So from a legal governance perspective, the key risks for boards to consider when selecting a board management software solution include privacy law, data security and minimising cybersecurity risk and confidentiality. So the Australian privacy law requires all organisations implement reasonable security safeguards and to take steps to protect information. So we touched on um, the overseas data hosting risk. So storing data overseas introduces complexities, subjecting the data to privacy and confidentiality laws of the hosting country. So that can significantly differ from Australian regulations. So to give you an example, Audible hosts its data in the US, so it's exposed to the jurisdiction of the USA's Patriot Act. And under that act, 
It allows cloud hosting companies like Bordable to provide data to the government, potentially in secret, and that conflicts with Australian privacy law obligations. So these risks discourage government agencies from adopting offshore cloud technologies because they are prioritising the protection of sensitive data. So for example, Diligent actually has a lot of federal government clients for this reason, the issue of data sovereignty. Also, the ASX listed banks, they hold a lot of sensitive information. Again, Diligent has a lot of the ASX listed financial institutions as their clients. And to give you a bit of an overview of how stringent their Canberra Data Centre is, which then meets the Australian government requirements for information for, you know, that high extreme business impact to then store or have Diligent as their board portal provider. There's two things. So the physical security measures. So they boast stringent physical security measures, including 24-7 patrolled premises, monitoring and alarm systems and CCTV surveillance. And then the advantage of the onshore hosting is that you can keep the company data onshore. It's bound by the Australian Privacy Act and ensures compliance with the evolving privacy laws and regulations in Australia. So I think looking at where your data is hosted, onshore or offshore, looking at the comprehensive security measures and ensuring that there's compliance with the Australian legislation are all considerations to look at. So then more broadly, I'm wondering if there's any, you know, recent developments that you might like to share with us. Sure. I was recently invited to attend the Diligent Connections event that was held across strategic locations like Singapore, Sydney and Manila. And so this event served as a platform for industry leaders to engage in meaningful discussions about the latest trends and advancements in governance, risk and compliance technology. So during my discussions with Simon, who was a, a senior vice president and general manager of the APEC Regional Diligent, he emphasized the challenges posed by the increasing complexity and pace of business. And that board directors numbering around 750,000 globally now often find decision making slowed down due to the demand for more information from their exec team. And that challenge has been exacerbated during the peak of the pandemic. So now Diligent is on a mission to empower these directors to make faster and better decisions. So Diligent, they created Diligent One, which is a dynamic dashboard, which integrates relevant information from risk, audit, ESG and compliance data. And then it also integrates third-party applications. So you can do benchmarking through SMP and Moody's and other third-party providers. So when I was at that conference, we had a client of Diligent talk about his previous life. He was a auditor of assurance and internal risk. And then he's now the head of risk at this company that he's working at. And so he works with Diligent to tailor what he wants on his dashboard to then provide to the audit and risk committee. So I think that that's very dynamic that you can pull out your key red flags what you want to look at as key drivers and then have board reporting that's real time and that you have no longer Excel spreadsheets, but a snapshot of the key audit and risk committee risks, red flag, then for ESG and for cyber and tailoring that. So they have their product line. And so these clients can then tailor the product to suit their dashboard for their board reporting. Oh my God, that sounds pretty amazing. And 
efficient, I think, for board directors and hopefully for the executive team that are bringing that stuff together as well, because it's frustrating, I imagine, on both sides of the board table when the board is asking for more information and then the exec have to get it together. So if that can be streamlined in that way, that's really useful for everybody. Yeah, so I think that's exactly the key takeaway that I had got out of it as well, is that it streamlines the critical aspects of board oversight. So Vincent, he spoke, he was saying that when a board director wanted to know, well, you know, you provided this data, give me more detailed data on how you came up with this. And he'll be like, sure, I can just pull it out and he can pull out the data set and then give the board that comfort that, yes, it's being looked at and this is what, these are the tracked events of what was analysed. So I think that ensures that directors have that comprehensive insight into the key areas that influence decision-making. So I think that's a very exciting development that digital innovation and then board board decision-making is all coming together to be more efficient and a streamlined process. And it does influence better decision-making. Yeah, amazing. Oh, see, again, that's one of the things to keep an eye on with wherever you go portal-wise, just the new features that are coming or indeed, not that you want to chop and change all the time, but new features in other ones as well. (laughs) Oh, Melinda, so much good stuff in here for people thinking through uh, board portals, all things board portals. What are the key things you want people to take away from the conversation that we've had today? The three key takeaways, if your board is still distributing board packs by email, it's time to digitize the process to increase delivery and efficient governance. It also offers that centralized document management system and that's accessible to all board members. The second takeaway is in relation to data breaches. So with the increase of cyber attacks, consider the physical location of the hosting facilities with the highest level of protection. And thirdly, GRC technology, so governance, risk and compliance technology. I think that that's a growing area that is quite exciting in the board governance piece. The APAC region is undergoing rapid regulatory changes and businesses must stay agile and compliant. And the power of GRC technology like Diligent One can streamline risk management and enhance decision-making for boards. And the key feature that I also like is the benchmarking against other organisations. We often as directors may work in silos and especially being on a health board with, I think there's 83 other directors We often make uh, decisions in a siloed organisation, yet we are all working for the same purpose, which is to help to improve the health sector. So being able to benchmark against other, for example, EPCs, which is the sector that I'm in, or other organisations, I think that's quite powerful. Absolutely. Definitely one to keep an eye on. Is there a resource you would like to share with the Take On Board community? So Diligent Institute, was launched by Diligent, and that's a think tank. And it provides directors with a global perspective on governance, and that has a global network of over 750,000 board members. So I think that that's a great resource for directors because it provides an international perspective on issues. So, for example, with the regulation of AI in Australia, that's still an area for policy development, and it's likely that we'll be looking at the US and EU regulations to influence the formation of the Australian regulation. So, Diligent Institute does have a lot of information resources in other jurisdictions. And I know that your audience is always asking about continuing professional development, and Diligent 
Institute provides certification on topics like AI ethics and board oversight, cyber risk and strategy, ESG leadership, and climate leadership. So I'll add a link to the website to be included in the podcast notes. Oh, that is fantastic. It is, again, it's something I use diligent. I should say, folks, just to be clear, this is not an advertisement for diligent. You need to, as Belinda said earlier, look at your own needs. How did you put it? The needs and priorities of your board. Just so happens that diligent is the one that I use and it is, but anyway, just put that proviso out there. But it's interesting. Again, I haven't looked at some of the information that's in the Diligent app about their ongoing education stuff, so I should. Although I do, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes as well, I do listen to their podcast, which is excellent. So I'll pop that in as well. (laughs) Oh, Belinda, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this work. Well, firstly, for Kids Hope and coming up with a portal that suited their needs, but also for pulling this information together and coming on the Take On Board podcast to share well, for answering the call and then coming to share. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom again with the Take On Board community. Thanks, Talia. Always happy to come onto the podcast and have that conversation with you. So that's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and being part of the Take On Board community. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women and gender diverse people together. So I invite you to join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group an active group that helps, supports and cheer squads each other. Just search Take On Board in Facebook to find us. I'd also really love it if you could do some of the other, well, podcast things. Share the podcast with someone you know who might get some value from our discussions. Subscribe if you haven't already. And well, I also really love it when people rate and review. Thanks again for being part of the Take On Board community. Now go and put these tips, tricks and advice into action so you can be your best in the boardroom.